Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant, us, grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalms 48 and 134. Great is the Lord, and highly to be praised, in the city of our God, even upon his holy hill. The hill of Zion is a fair place, and the joy of the whole earth. Upon the north side lieth the city of the great king. God is well known in her palaces as a sure refuge. For lo, the kings of the earth were gathered and gone by together. They marveled to see such things. They were astonished and suddenly cast down. Fear came there upon them, and sorrow, as upon a woman in her travail. Thou dost break the ships of the sea through the east wind. Like as we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, the city of our God. God upholdeth the same forever. We wait for thy loving kindness, O God, in the midst of thy temple. O God, according to thy name, so is thy praise unto the world's end. Thy right hand is full of righteousness. Let the Mount Zion re rejoice, and the daughters of Judah be glad because of thy judgments. Walk about Sion, and go round about her, and tell the towers thereof. Mark well her bulwarks, consider her palaces, that ye may tell them that come after. For this God is our God for ever and ever. He shall be our guide unto death. Psalm 134 Behold now, praise the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord. Ye that by night stand in the house of the Lord even in the courts of the house of our God. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth give thee blessing out of Zion. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the second chapter of the book of Haggai. In the seventh month, on, on the twenty-first of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, saying, Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? In comparison with it, is this not in your eyes as nothing? Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord, and be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and be strong, all you people of the land, says the Lord, and work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. According to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. Thus says the Lord of hosts, once more it is a little while I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, for he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm, he hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the third chapter of First John. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, we, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin, because he has been born of God. Here ends the first les second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people 
to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty and ever-living God, we humbly beseech thy majesty that as thy only begotten Son was this day presented in the temple and substance of our flesh, though we may be presented unto thee with pure and clean hearts by the same thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, Give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Evening to all. We are on the feast day of the presentation today, of the presentation of Christ in the temple and the purification of the Virgin Mary. Uh, and the lessons for tonight really do focus on the temple space itself and what the significance of Christ's arrival to it um, means. Um, and we, you know, in order to understand that, we have to go back uh, quite a ways, about four centuries to the time of Haggai. Um, and understand what the vocation of the temple was to begin with. Um, and our Psalms begin to give us a picture of that. Um, Psalm uh, 48 gives us this um, you know, hymn to the temple, which is uh, that the hill of Zion is a fair place and a joy to the whole earth. So if you could look at um, in the creation story um, of all the creation, we have, um, we have the creation of the land and the sea and all that is in it. And then there's a radical focusing that takes place in that creation story, which takes us to the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden is, is set up on a high place um, among the sort of creation to be the place where heaven and earth overlap and where Adam and Eve stand as a priestly, um, you know, meeting place between God uh, that they represent to the creation and that they represent the creation that they represent to God. And they commune together there in this in the space. 
Um, and so fast forwarding centuries and uh, later than this, um, the founding of Jerusalem uh, and the high place on Zion, this, this hilltop in Jerusalem where the temple is situated, um, it is, you know, it was said by the rabbis to be the place where the Garden of Eden once stood. And that um, this was where God had providentially led his people back from the, uh, you know, back to um, reconstitute a meeting place, a permanent meeting place and an embassy of heaven on earth. Uh, and that is what the temple represents. Um, we know, of course, from the sad history of Israel that the temple was not always used appropriately according to that vocation. That very often idolatry, corruption, and um, and things that did not belong there had crept in. Uh, the result of which, and the abandonment of the right worship of God, um, resulted in the uh, destruction of that temple, that glorious temple built by Solomon, uh, and the sending of the people into captivity. And by the time we get to Haggai here, we are um, looking at about almost 70 years after the destruction of Solomon's temple. And after about 450 years since the temple had originally been built uh, and they had reconstructed a temple space after the captivity among the ruins of the former temple. And yet everybody just kind of sat there and wondered, you know, this isn't what we remember. This isn't what our people were hoping to come home to. Um, and moreover, unlike the consecration of Solomon's temple, which had been attended by the glorious and fiery glory, uh, presence of God descending upon it, uh, this new reconstituted temple did not have any uh, any of the what's what was called the Shekinah glory of God that in, that came to indwell it. It was nevertheless a place where sacrifice could be offered and worship could be conducted, but it did not have. Um, either the grandeur or the glory of God that um, that made the prior temple what it was. And here in the prophet, uh, prophecy of Haggai, the Lord promises, he calls out this very fact to his people and say, which among you can deny that this temple is nothing like the glorious thing that used to stand here? And yet the days are coming, and I, and I swear that the days are coming when I will make this temple a place that um, is more glorious than anything you previously saw. Um, and so then begins the period of waiting uh, for that consolation to come. And I say consolation because until the temple space really is made right, um, the rest of the, the identity of the people cannot be stabilized and their place in the world cannot be really secured. Um, the temple is the heart of Jerusalem, which is the heart of Israel, which is the heart of creation. And so until that is set right, you know, the rest of the things won't be right. Um, and so this begins a centuries long meditation leading up to the time of Christ about when that temple will be made glorious. And um, in a you know shrewd political move, Herod the Great um, had made a, his pet project, the expansion of the temple complex in Jerusalem and the building up of its bulwark so that it was much larger of a space than even Solomon's temple had been. And yet he had to rely on, you know, building funds from the Romans and overtaxing his people to make it happen. And then made the, made the, you know, decision to put the Roman insignia on one of its walls, which made everyone very angry. And so even though it was undeniably a grand uh, bit of architecture, Nevertheless, the glory of the Lord had not re, had not come to dwell within it. And so the question remained, is this the temple we're looking for? Or is there one yet to come? And then 
on uh, on a day 40 days after the birth of uh, uh, after his birth from the Virgin Mary, our Lord is brought into that temple, and the glory of the Lord comes to dwell in that space for the first time since uh, the the desecration of Solomon's temple before the captivity. Uh, and this is the answer, and yet almost nobody is there to witness it except for two very old people who had been waiting for this thing to happen. Um, and as a result, there is this beginning of the end for the understanding of the temple as that building in that place, because in visiting that temple, Jesus is beginning the last days of the temple, and the final days of it will be announced 30-some-odd years later when Jesus uh, goes and visits that temple again and finds it not to be a house of prayer, but rather a den of thieves and consigns it to destruction and then reconstitutes the whole idea of temple within himself as the new temple that will be torn down and then three days later will rise again. And this is, uh, the, this is the mystery that St. John is meditating on in our second lesson tonight, which is that in being made the children of God, we are, um, we are presented to God in his heavenly temple through the temple person of Jesus, who is now the meeting place of God and humanity, of divinity and the creation. Um, and the one through whom the life of heaven is now um, pouring into and filling the whole earth. Uh, and so as Jesus was presented in the arms of his mother uh, to, you know, and in the temple, you know, as presented before God in the temple space. So when each of us are baptized and incorporated into Jesus, we too are brought into the temple of Jesus and are presented to God the Father, um, like, like as of old. And so our presentation happens in him as his presentation happened in the arms of his mother in that temple. And so in the reordering of, of creation in this way, Jesus is the new temple. Jesus is the Garden of Eden, re, you know, reconstituted. And it is. We become as Adam and Eve unfallen and then Adam and Eve made glorious beyond their initial innocence. were made able to be that priestly, lordly people in creation by dwelling in that space where God communes with us. And so as we reflect on these, you, these, uh, these remarkable truths um, in today's feast day, um, it does, you know, we do well to remember that in returning here to offer our evening sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, um, we are being as fully human as we can be. This is a taste of heaven even now to be gathered together, to see each other, to pray together, to be offered together, to be presented in our Lord together, and to be and to commune with God the Trinity in the Spirit with His whole Church and all the saints. Uh, and so, as we, you know, this is why we pray as our last canticle of every day, Simeon's prayer from the presentation: "Lord, let Your servant depart in peace, having seen Your salvation," because we have seen that salvation. A couple of thoughts for us tonight. We'll conclude tonight with our intercession on page 590. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, 
and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here tonight. And thanks to Aliyah, my co-leader. We have a wonderful evening. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Good evening, have everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you. Have a good evening, everyone.